Our scripture reading today is from John 1, 1 through 5. And if you'd like to follow along in our pew Bibles, this is on page 886. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. We start our John series. Going to do this one a little bit differently in that uh, bigger chunks. Uh, we did Gospel of Luke. I don't know if any of you remember that or if any of you were here back then. That was over three and a half years. So um, we're not going to take that long. We'll go out bigger clips this time, uh, bigger chunks of the Bible instead of like verses, like small chunks of verses. So, um, we, we also did Mark, which is the shortest gospel. And that, that still took several months. So um, we're, we're, we'll go a little bit more quickly in here and have a bigger overview. So it'll be, you know, just two and a half years. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I highly recommend for you to read through John multiple times. Just use that as your daily reading now. I know some of you are reading through the Bible. Continue doing that, reading the Bible through in a year. But reading just chunks of this at a time to add to that wouldn't hurt you at all. But just to kind of saturate your minds with this gospel so that as we go through it and study through it together, um, that it would be more familiar to you. And maybe some things will be sticking out to you uh, as, as we go through that. But what I, what I share will make more sense if you read it more. And as we all learn the Gospel of John more and, and to just kind of go through it more and more. Uh, Stephanie read through the first five verses for us, so I'll, I'll read uh, the rest of what we're going to cover today, which is through verse 18. Continuing from verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. The Gospel of John is a very, very simple gospel to understand that a small child can bathe in it. Um, and yet it, it is so, so deep and so profound that you can put a full-grown adult blue whale who can swim freely in it. 
And so it gives us this very clear presentation of Jesus Christ, which is John's purpose of writing this gospel. Take a look at John chapter 20, starting in verse 30. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John is simply introducing Jesus Christ to the world and, and what it means to trust in Jesus, while at the same time, he's introducing some very deep, very profound truths about Christ, and that believing in Jesus is why John wrote this gospel, so that we can have everlasting life in his name, which is a very profound concept. He's writing about more than our everyday life that we're just living right now. John is writing to us about a heavenly life that is more than what we experience today. This quality of life that is full of glory, that is full of grace, that is an inexhaustible type of life. And that's so much different than the life we're living today, isn't it? Some of us are living our best days today. But there is still so much to be desired of it, isn't there? And if you have a pulse, you're affected by things around you. You're affected, hopefully, by the stories that are coming out of Maui from the people affected by the wildfires. There's so much more to be desired and that you know that there is a lot missing in the quality of life for people around the globe, even for yourself, that there's still more to be desired. And in the Gospel of John, we're given this good news that a, a very small child can understand, but that they can swim in it, that it's inexhaustible, and it's so deep, and it's so profound with truth and glory and grace. And there are things in this gospel that even the most experienced believer, the most seasoned Christian, that we still wrestle through these things that we're learning, finding out that they, there is so much more to learn. And the more that you find out, the more that you understand and, and learn, the more you find out that there's actually so much more you don't know. And for those of us who've walked with Jesus Christ for a while, some of us for a few decades we find this to be true, don't we? The more we learn, the more we learn that we don't know. And that this 40 years, I'm speaking from experience, just scraping the surface, I don't know God as well as I thought I did. There are a couple of reasons that regeneration is studying the Gospel of John, and you're going to notice a trend here in this new fall season, in that we're going through the Gospel of John. We're hosting this Alpha series, this 11-week series. We're starting this worshiping, fasting, feasting, fellowship, praying together on Wednesday nights. It's all to kick off this fall season together. One of the reasons is evangelism. Evangelism. We want to present Christ to those who don't know Christ. And we've provided these Sunday morning services going through the Gospel of John. We're providing these Wednesday night gatherings for you to invite people to and these Friday night gatherings of Alpha Group for, for this purpose of evangelism. And so for the next few months, this is our purpose 
together to invite people who don't know Jesus Christ to all three of those things or one of those things during the week and by God's grace they will hear the gospel and learn about the basic things of Jesus Christ. The second thing that we're going through that should be going through our minds besides evangelism is edification. So this new fall series that we're going through, it's for evangelism, it's for edification. And so the Gospel of John evangelizes those who don't know Jesus Christ, and it edifies everyone. And so it's an introduction to those newer to the faith, but at the same time, a deep, deep well showing us the soul and the grace of Christ to those who are very familiar with Jesus. And so the hope is that for Sunday morning services for Wednesday evening worship or for the Alpha or the home groups during the week, that those are all places of edification. Now these first 18 verses that we read, they're quite profound and very dense scriptures, aren't they? And as we continue in the gospel, more and more of the, the first 18 verses will be made clearer, and there will be things that we read throughout this gospel and the scriptures that will make these first 18 verses make more sense to us. So we read through the first 18 verses, and Jesus' name isn't even mentioned until the, the very end of that. Verse 17, that the glory of Jesus Christ is presented to us as the word of God in John's gospel. Word. The word. Our word is the clearest expression of ourselves. Our word is the way that we communicate about ourselves to others. We use our word. I, I look back to Maui again, and there are still so many who are missing from that disaster. And what do their loved ones want to hear? Just a word from them. A word. They are desperate to hear a word from their loved ones. And right from the beginning of John's gospel, John tells that there is a word from God for us. And this word, his name is Jesus. John reveals to us the glory of Christ in this introduction that we're looking at, and that this Jesus, the Word, is glorious. He is marvelous. And this is our faith in Christ, our loyalty, our trust, belief in declaring the Word, declaring this glory, this marvel of Jesus Christ. And John's hope is that all of us can declare by word the truth the word. And John can do this because he has seen the glory of God. And so the question for us is, have we? Have we seen this glory? How, how do we know Jesus to be glorious, to, to be marvelous? How can we know this? Well, one of the glorious characterizations of Christ is his eternity. And so John starts with, in the beginning was the Word. 
And Matthew begins his gospel very differently. Matthew begins his gospel with the genealogy and tracing back to Abraham. You look at Mark's gospel. Mark begins with his story of John the Baptist. Luke begins with addressing a group of people looking for the Messiah, dear Theophilus. And and so John goes even further back than all of those gospel writers. He starts at the beginning, just like in Genesis 1-1, where it reads, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis started with the beginning and then it moves forward in time in a chronological sort of manner. And in John, it takes us back to the beginning and it takes us behind the scenes of that beginning. Because Genesis says, in the beginning and then God creates. But here, John gives us this better glimpse of eternity in that Jesus is not created. He's been with him the whole time. The word is with him the whole time. There is no beginning In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So Jesus, the Word, was with God from eternity. There's no beginning. They've never been apart. They've always been together. And the Word, Jesus, was God. Jesus was not created. Verse 3, all things were made through him, and with him was not anything made that was made. Jesus, being anything less than God is false. And whatever other belief that is out there that Jesus is not God, I need to tell you, is false. So whatever person knocks on your door, hands you a pamphlet, says these things, and says Jesus is not God, run. That's false. You remember the purpose of John's gospel. John chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Now, right before John wrote the purpose of writing his gospel, he gives us this story of somebody we know as Doubting Thomas. Right before that, right? John chapter 20, starting in verse 24. And here's the story of that, that's a terrible adjective to be known as for the rest of your life, right? Like, for all of eternity. Oh, Thomas, doubting Thomas. Like, when we see him in heaven, he's like, yeah, I know, I know. It's just ten seconds of my life. Come on. But there it is. Now, Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told them, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do you not disbelieve, but believe? Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Do you notice that when people try to use scriptures and said, oh, he's not God. What did Thomas just say? My God. And the words and the deeds of Jesus are the words and deeds of God. He is God. And if this is not true, then this gospel is blasphemy. And what Thomas just said is blasphemy. So Jesus is either God or he can't be a good person. Jesus can't make the claims that he made. If he is not God and he is not good, he is either God or is he, he's insane. 
So how can Jesus be glorious and marvelous? He's eternal. He's God. We marvel at that. Moving to verses 6 through 8, we read of John writing about a witness named John, that, that this is John the Baptist. And so verse 6 through 8, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Now, if you pull up the word witness in any sort of Bible search tool, you're going to notice that this word witness appears in John's gospel more than any other gospel, even all of them combined. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the word witness appears ten times, whether it's in verb form or noun form. But if you look at it in John's gospel, it appears 29 times. So it's almost three times as much as the three other gospels combined. What does this tell us? That this is an obvious theme of John. This witness. He wants the reader to put Jesus on trial. Question him. Interrogate him. Why? Because this is the single most important decision that anyone can ever make in their life. It's way more important than who you marry, where you work, where you go to school, whether you have kids or not, where you live, where you invest your money, who your friends are. No other decision is as important as this one. Who Jesus Christ is in your life is the single most important decision of your life. And it's one you can't make a mistake on. And you have to think about this very, very clearly. And one of the ways that you will evaluate this decision is just like any other trial. You look at witnesses. You bring witnesses. So John, through his gospel, he's going to be introducing us to multiple witnesses. And he's going to give us the decisions that they made. And the first witness among many that he brings to us is John the Baptist. And this is what John said about Jesus in verse 15. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Now, if you guys are familiar with the Gospels, you're going to be thinking like, well, how can that be? Because John the Baptist was born first. He's older than Jesus. How can he be before? I mean, biologically and physically, he's older. How is he first? But John, as a witness, is recognizing Jesus' eternity, that he was always there from the beginning. And so Jesus was indeed before him because he was before all time. And so John, the gospel writer, wrote in verse 14, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. So he himself is showing, I am a firsthand eyewitness. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The gospel of John is focused, laser focused on having us see the glory of Jesus. 
And if we read this gospel without seeing that, we are missing a huge part of why he wrote this gospel. How can we be witnesses to Jesus if we don't know Jesus to be our Lord and Savior ourselves? How can you be a witness? So how do we respond to the word? This most important decision that we'll ever make in our life. How do we respond to this? And it's so obvious that not all people respond the same way. John will show us this. Now look at verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. See, most of the people in Jesus' day did not welcome him. They did not receive him. And today, there are many people who do not know Jesus. So what do we want people who don't know Jesus, what do we want them to know? What do we want to say to them? What words do we have for them? Look at verses 12 and 13. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born of God is to become a child of God. That those who receive Jesus, who believe in Jesus, that those who believe in Jesus receive Jesus. What happens when you receive someone? When you are receptive to someone? Well, think about it. When grandma comes into town or when like, your child who's been away at college comes back into town, how, how do you receive them? You let go, you release everything that prevents you welcoming them, right? You let go of that. You, you put down your household chores. You put down the work you've been working on. You put down all these things in order to welcome them. You empty yourself of the things so that the reception can be of priority. And then what do you do? You fill your hands up with the things that show that they are a priority, that you're receiving them. What do you do? You take their luggage. You take whatever is hindering their hands, the gift that they have, whatever it is, you take that. So you empty yourself of your things and you take on their things. You put down whatever you're working on to take whatever they're coming with. And that is essentially what it means to believe, to trust in Jesus. That we receive him. That it's more than just accumulating more and more head knowledge about Jesus. That all you're doing is intellectually kind of putting more information about God in your mind. That doesn't necessarily receive them. Because how do you receive your loved ones? You get texts about them and emails from them and all this stuff and you get all this accumulation of knowledge of what's happening in their life but then when you see them you're just like oh I know all about you oh, your, your room's over there whatever like do you do that you don't do that you receive them you empty all the things that prevent hinder that reception and you take on the things of Jesus to prove 
the reception. Verse 12, but to all who did not receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I acknowledge that we all have challenges, problems, worries, hurts, and pains, and burdens. There's a comfort, and there's a peace to know that even though we are going through such things, that we are a child of the living God. That I have a heavenly Father who knows me better than myself. That is walking with me through all of those things. So what do we want to share with people? What do we want to say to these people that don't know Jesus? You just don't know what you're missing. Right? You, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know whom you're missing. This is why I love testimonies. Those are witnesses who have experienced a life with God. They are children of God who are sharing with us how they've received Christ, how they're experiencing Christ. And so that's going to be part of our Wednesday nights is, is a testimony that's going to be shared from people, a witness. And we'll have people witness by sharing this testimony about the eternal glorious God. Take a look at verse 1 and then verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And how they responded to how they received the incarnate Word of God, Jesus. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. What does receiving Jesus Christ mean? It means John the Baptist's witness becomes your witness. That his reception is that Jesus ranks before him. That we receive Jesus as the one who ranks before me. Why would we do that? Verse 16. For from the fullness we have all received grace upon grace. What does that mean? That phrase, grace upon grace, what does that mean? It means it's infinite. It never runs out. That at the point that you can ever think that God is no longer with you or wants nothing to do with you, that whatever you're thinking or you have done is so terrible that God cannot possibly have a relationship with you, grace upon grace. Yes, he can. And he does. He continues to be gracious with you. There is nothing that you could have done that causes this to stop. And no matter how broken or how fallen you are, his grace for you is even greater. Grace upon grace. And his grace surpasses whatever you think can cause you to fall from grace. That is, grace upon grace, but there's only a place for you and me to receive this grace upon grace through Jesus. It is only from Jesus, Jesus' fullness, that we receive this gift. 
verses 17 and 18. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So the law of Moses condemns us. It shows us our fallenness, our sinfulness, that we can't possibly live up to it. But Jesus Christ, from his fullness, we receive this grace upon grace. And so this is how God is like to his children, children of God. He is full of grace, grace upon grace. This is actually our deepest need, isn't it? Because we all make mistakes. And the only place to find this for eternity is through an eternal one. Jesus Christ. And to receive Jesus and to be a child of God, this is my chief concern as a pastor. My chief concern as a pastor is whether you have received Jesus Christ. You've let go of the things that are holding on to you receiving, and you accept the things that he comes with, grace upon grace. The glorious one. Jesus is exactly who you need in your life to give you grace upon grace. Where else can you go for that? Verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I hope and pray for all to be witnesses like Thomas in chapter 20, verse 28, to declare Jesus to be my Lord and my God. I end with the following verse in verse 29. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. See, that's a blessing from Jesus himself that we all have before us, that we have all experienced. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I think that's the majority of this room. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, eternal one, glorious one, marvelous one. You are eternal God who extends a hand to receive grace upon grace. We pray, Lord, this morning for anyone who has not received you to let go of the things that are preventing that and to take you as their Lord and God. In Jesus' name, amen. If anyone is wanting prayer, if you are wanting to talk about a decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and God. Susanna is in the right front pew and Mike is in, to, in the center front pew. They'd love to pray with you. As we move into this time of communion, if you don't have the communion elements, just put your hand up and we can get that to you. But on the top of this communion cup is 
a wafer, and this wafer is symbolizing the body of Christ. The word became flesh. This flesh was broken for us so that we can be reconciled with God. This word became flesh. May we remember this about Jesus and we take this in Jesus' name. The fruit of the vine symbolizing the blood of Christ, what he shed for us on the cross to reconcile us to God the Father. In Jesus' name, we take this. Lord, thank you for this sacrament that is a continual reminder of our relationship with you, that we continually need to check in with you and to see where we are in this relationship with you. And we ask, God, that you would empower us to seek forgiveness, to seek reconciliation with those we have wronged and those who have wronged us. We pray, God, that you continually remind us as you have so many times through your word and through this sacrament that we regularly partake in, that you are returning for us, that we are children of God and you give us grace upon grace and we await your glorious return. In Jesus' name, amen.